this is the My Colorful Nana Project. You are listening to the My Colorful Nana Podcast. My name is Lauren Stockman Brown, and I am the founder of this podcast and this organization. I'm super excited to share this content with you today. Um, I had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Carrie Williams. I will give a in-depth introduction of who Dr. Carrie Williams is shortly. Um, this we're going to call it a special episode. So this special episode um, is actually an IG live um, that I converted into our podcast platform because I didn't want to lose it. And I wanted whoever to listen to our organization to also listen to this episode. Um, I learned so much. I grew so much. And I have to give a huge thank you to Breakthrough and a huge thank you to Dr. Carrie Williams. Um, what a lovely experience it was being able to talk to you, uh, even virtually. So Breakthrough has been incredible partners for My Callful Nana, and I'm so happy that you all are going to get a chance to listen to much of the content that we got to dive into. So please like, subscribe, um, follow us on Instagram at My Callful Nana, and uh, I hope that you enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Lauren Stockman Brown. Welcome to Breakthrough Spotlight. I'm going to start off introducing myself, and then Dr. Carrie Williams is going to hop on. We're going to invite her on, and we're going to have a nice chat about black hair and black beauty for the hashtag This Is Black Joy Hair and Beauty campaign. Um, okay, so again, my name is Lauren, and I'm a storyteller and writer who focuses on race, gender, mental health, and politics. I'm a Fulbright Scholar and founder of the My Colorful Nana Project, a collected group of generous thinkers and a podcast series that encourages listeners to celebrate their individual definitions of the words beauty, femininity, and cultural identity. So I see Dr. Carrie Williams has just hopped on. I'm going to invite her onto here if I can figure out how. <laughs> Let's see. There we go. You figured Hello. it out. I figured it out. Hey. <laughs> How are you doing? Doing well. How are you doing today? I'm good. Look at those glasses. Those you know, I so figured cool. I put on my glasses today. When I was a kid, <laughs> I think all the people with glasses were so cool. I wanted them. Already, immediately <laughs> like 10% smarter, honestly. You know, when you get on the like video. They were so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know, I recently broke my glasses and I was pretty upset about it. I would throw them on for all the IG lives. It's okay. It's okay. So thank you so much. Yes, for being I'm so here. excited to be on with you today. Yeah, so I'm going to run through some housekeeping um, and say more about Breakthrough, why we're here. And then we're just going to throw it on to you, ask some questions. We're going to have a good, relaxing a time. A nice little chat. I think a nice want, little hey, chat. Hey, y'all, I see some of my peeps logging in. Yes. What's up? What's up? Amazing, amazing. So let me honestly, because we have some more people here, I'm going to reintroduce that this is the Black Hair and Beauty campaign on behalf of Breakthrough. Uh, my name is Lauren Stockman Brown. We are here with Dr. Carrie Williams. She will give an amazing introduction. I can't do it justice, but we're gonna run through again some housekeeping. So um, here at Breakthrough, we're very interested in inclusion and, and accessibility. So I have to say I am a black woman. I'm wearing a black long sleeve and I use she, her pronouns. Dr. Carrie Williams, do you wanna introduce yourself similarly before we jump into a true introduction? Yes, well, I'm Dr. Carrie Williams, and I'm a black woman. 
<laughs> and I'm a sister and I'm a friend and yeah. I'm a daughter and I'm a granddaughter. And I'm just really happy to be here today. Amazing. All right. So oh, and I'm your... an auntie. And your auntie. Okay, we can't forget that. I hope <laughs> your niece or nephew or whoever is watching this, but we can't forget. Um, so I will be your host for this conversation on behalf of Breakthrough, a nonprofit human rights organization that uses media, arts, and tech to shift cultural norms at the intersection of gender equity, racial justice, and immigration rights. I am also a storyteller in Breakthrough's Our Stories in Vivid Color Multimedia Initiative, which amplifies the lived experiences and dreams of young women, girls, and gender nonconforming youth of color. To learn more about Breakthrough and how to participate in the storytelling initiative, Follow this Instagram at Breakthrough TV and visit the website at letsbreakthrough.org slash our stories. So, Dr. Carrie Williams, as part of Black History Month, Breakthrough is celebrating with the hashtag, hashtag this is Black Joy. Today, we will uh, be discussing how we find joy in our beauty and hair. Joining me in conversation, as I said previously, is natural hair expert, celebrity hairstylist, and creator of the Goddess Lock. Dr. Carrie Williams. Dr. Carrie also has, which I think is so cool, a doctorate in trycology. So we're going to get into that. Okay. Um, sorry, just is, saying hi to people. Sorry. <laughs> no, please, no, say hi, do the thing, um, which is the scientific study of hair and scalp disorders. Please give a warm welcome to Dr. Carrie Williams. Hello. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so yes. much. And thank you for everyone who has popped in and who's joining us for this conversation today in Black History Month and just celebrating Black joy through our beauty. Um, you did a wonderful job introducing me. Um, you, you, <laughs> Go, you, you have anything all, else to add? Go on. <laughs> I mean, you hit all the high level points. Um, <laughs> trichologist, natural hairstylist. I've been doing natural hair um, for over 18 years. I'm a master lactician. Um, I'm an educator and a trainer. And so in this portion of my career, I have been devoting and dedicating myself to pouring into as many uh, people as possible to help them on their journey to establishing their careers and to following their joy through providing services to enhance the beauty of others. Um, I've had the blessing and the pleasure of working with a number of celebrities and I still do work with them. And I just find it, it's such a blessing for me because my specialty is natural hair. And mm -hmm. so I'm able to work with these individuals who have you know, huge platforms to continue to share my gift with the world through them. And so it can encourage others to feel confident and bold in wearing their hair in its natural state and feeling beautiful just the way that they are. Mm -hmm. Um, you said I'm the creator of the Goddess Locks. So for those who are joining us or watch this on the replay, yes. This Black Can you just repeat from... that one more time? You are the, the creator, creator and the inventor. Like this is of Black the Goddess Locks. Like Black crazy. History. It's so important because I think <laughs> when we think about inventions and things that come into play, everything that we see has been created by someone. And um, you know, especially in beauty, in, in Black beauty culture, we go to the beauty supply stores, you buy hair, you buy product, and we just assume it's all coming out of Asia. And so I think it's so important that, you know, people know that some, especially Black people, because we are the, the reason why the hair care industry is a billion dollar industry. Mm -hmm. So to know that this Black girl, like I said, from South Central Los Angeles, created the Goddess Locks. Um, they didn't just show up randomly in your beauty supply store. But I also like to share that and really emphasize that part of my story to encourage other creators to know that we are still mm -hmm. inventing things in this millennium and the importance of protecting your ideas and not taking your ideas, your vision, your creativity for granted. Um, mm -hmm. So, hey, Nicole. Um, <laughs> so, 
so yeah, so uh, I'm excited to jump right into Awesome, yes, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. So the first question we have here is, can you tell us about your relationship with your own hair and how your hair journey influenced your decision to turn that into a career? When you first mentioned that, um, when we met separately, you talked a little bit about how you were super into school, though you didn't know exactly where to put your interests or your gifts. Um, you've, you've, clearly, you've always been brilliant. And then you've centered it into a different focus. And people looked at that and were like, what? You're so smart. Why would you do this? And you were like, I can be smart and do this. And there are plenty of brilliant people who are already doing this in the hair care industry. Please yes. dive in. Tell us, tell us more about that story. I just want to say hey, hey to some of my people who just dropped in. I saw Bird and Francois just jumped in. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I, my hair journey, my personal hair journey, I was blessed to be able to wear my hair natural my whole life. Um, and I really give that blessing to my mother because I definitely wanted a relaxer and a jerry curl. So it's not <laughs> like this. <laughs> I was like, I don't want my hair straight. I did. But my mother really instilled in me the beauty of just accepting and loving my own hair um, as a little girl. And then she used herself as an example. When I was really young, she wore hair in a short natural. And then she wore locks. And she wore locks until she, you know, went home to be with the Lord. And so that was my example, you know, my entire life. And so I always enjoyed, loved doing hair. And it's something that I just did all the way through college and mm. I got into college and everyone was encouraging me to you know be a lawyer be a doctor you know just the traditional careers and um I always had this passion for hair it wasn't celebrated and no one was really pushing me to do that and I had a conversation with a friend of mine uh who he had just gotten drafted into the NFL and I remember mm. we were having this conversation and he said you know, I played football my entire life and I finally get paid to do something that like I really love, I really enjoy. And that conversation, that part of the conversation always struck me because I began to ask myself the question, what can I do for the rest of my life and love it? And then it's like, and then I get paid for it too. And the answer was hair. And I was a little, you know, hesitant about the idea because I was in this highly academic environment. I was at UC mm -hmm. Berkeley um, and we were a small percentage as far as being a black woman, woman on campus. But I took the step. I took the step to pursue it. And a lot of my passion in beginning to pursue it was thinking about my own journey and, and thinking that there are a lot of women, pe Black people like me, who may not have a space to really um, explore and love and enjoy the versatility of their hair. I chose a mass communications major um, because it's so broad so, and I like to talk. So in my head, I'm like, well, if I major in mass communications, I have the opportunity to make, I can go into journalism, I can go into marketing and advertising, make some commercials. Like, I wasn't really sure. But as I began to take different classes within that major, I would always strategically focus my papers on the hair industry. And what I began mm -hmm. to, to learn as I studied the black hair care market at that time, it's like early 2000s, was that there was this slow growth where more and more black women were exploring natural hair as an option. A lot of it had to do at the time with regions. So it was starting like in the South and like the East. Uh, but, you know, it began to, I saw that it was gonna be on a trend to grow. And, that, and that's all I really knew my whole life. So that is what really seeded my passion to go into this industry and to use all my gifts to really create this space um, for, for everyone. So my creative gifts, uh, my intellectual gifts, my social gifts, um, because I everything. just everything. And I and just in my own journey, 
I knew how empowered I began to feel as mm -hmm. I really began to embrace and love my natural hair. And I wanted to create safe spaces for people who looked like me to have the same experience. And so out of all of that came Mahogany. And that's where I started my mm -hmm. business journey in this industry. I, I established Mahogany Hair Revolution, my salon, and here we are. Uh, what was what was it? 2002 was 18 years later, 19 years. Come on, God, 19 years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Also, when people say 2000s, I'm like, no way it's been 21 years since the first, since 2000. But wow. <laughs> you, wow. girl, I, I can't believe it. I tell you all the time. <laughs> Can you believe we are the grown-ups of society? <laughs> Look. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So let's keep it going um, with the questions and keep the storyline going. And I love this idea of how you then came into pursuing a PhD, right? Like you talk about how you kind of went in a different path, but then also you went down a PhD route. It's a PhD that, you know, isn't talked about enough, um, but it's still in that academic field. So what drew you to trichology? You're still being able to pursue, again, creative skills, intellectual, but trichology, what is it? Right. Why isn't there more of it? Um, and yeah, how has yes. it impacted you? So trichology is a scientific study of hair and scalp disorders. And I discovered trichology about 2003. So I made this decision, I wanna do hair. I'm in this academic environment. And one thing that I knew, because I am, I like, I have my nerd at heart. Like I love reading, I love <laughs> writing, like I love all of that. And so I knew when I thought about my career, like when I would project myself into my future, I knew that I just didn't want to do hair. I wanted to really be effective. I wanted to really be able to help people. And then I joined this with my research. Again, I was researching the market and the numbers were showing at an alarming rate that a lot of black women were experiencing hair loss. Um, and then I'm also researching at that time the effects of relaxers. Now we have more information about the effects of relaxers on our hair, but at the time there wasn't too much, but you know, I was you know, using all of this information to, to say, I wanna position myself in this market to not just enhance the beauty of the people that I get a chance to work with, but to really be able to provide them with solutions. That if they sit in my chair and they're like, I'm experiencing hair loss, I think my hair is thinning, it's itching, that I can say more than just shampoo your hair, drink more water, take your vitamins. Like, <laughs> I wanted to be able to really provide tangible solutions. And then, of course, because I'm in this highly academic environment and being a mass comm major, I decided to um, emphasize or do an emphasis in marketing and advertising. So mm. my whole thing was like, and I want like, to I'm gonna do it all. <laughs> I want to distinguish myself <laughs> from the other braiders and natural hairstylists in the market to be able to say, I'm a trichologist. And mm -hmm. I first discovered that word. I didn't know what it was. So I don't want to like come off like I went to UC Berkeley and I knew exactly, because <laughs> I didn't. But <laughs> I came across the word trichology actually in an Essence magazine. And you know, Essence mm -hmm. always highlights, you know, um, black artists and this particular, and hair. And this particular mm -hmm. issue was highlighting the black artists at the time that were, you know, making an impact in the hair industry and I'm reading all their titles and you know celebrity stylists natural hair stylists and then I saw trichologist under a gentleman by the name of Barry Fletcher I'm like trichologist this is different and he's in the hair section what is this so Google found out about it um and I knew then that I need to become whatever this is 
So that's when I began to be strategic about like mapping out my plan in college. Cause I'm like, okay, now I know when I graduate from Cal, my graduate study is going to be in this particular field of study because it's hmm. going to go hand in hand with what I want to do as a hairstylist. So hmm. that's where that came from. And what I will say, Lauren, is what we see now is, unfortunately, there aren't any doctorate programs in trichology yet. I think I like mentioned to you like in our like side hmm. conversation, like y'all give me another 10 years, I will create one. But <laughs> there are several um, certification programs and what we are finding is what I predicted in studying the market is that mm. more and more people are experiencing hair loss because the hair industry is constantly evolving and there's always new things coming out new products new techniques new methods and black people we be trying them all okay <laughs> so because we try them all and our hair is actually very fragile by mm. nature and so I'm finding that more and more professional stylists are discovering the, the power, the importance of trichology. As a licensed stylist, you do get some education in trichology. It's very brief in our book, but you get a little bit, but more and more stylists are taking interest in learning about trichology so that they can be more effective because mm -hmm. we are at the front line of defense for our clients. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so anybody who wants to be a trichologist, I do have an accredited trichology program and I am mm -hmm. opening the doors up again for it in March. Um, I've been managing and running this program. Oof, when did I start this program? It's been, a, it's been a long time, maybe like 2012. I ain't new to teaching. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, uh, it's, it's really great. It's really mm -hmm. comprehensive. Um, and I'm really excited again to be in a position where I can help others. Mm -hmm. along their journey because there's so much abundance and so many people need our help. Mm. So I have a question for you. I have a few questions for you. But okay, I'm going to start off. I'm going to start off with one. So okay. you know that I'm very interested in pursuing my PhD. Um, I very much want to go into either American studies or African-American studies with a focus on black hair. What do you think is significant about your path where you went into something like trichology instead of choosing something like African-American studies. For instance, I'm looking at the African-American studies at Berkeley, which is your undergraduate degree. Yes. And I'm sure, like, did you stumble upon that? Like, where, where was it like, you know, trichology is the definite way and field that I'd like to pursue and be a part of? Well, trichology specifically because of the practice of me being able to um, really incorporate the practice of applying um, like scalp treatments and being able to work hand in hand with a medical doctor, like being a trichologist, we're very collaborative with medical doctors. And so for me, I knew that that would be really, really important since I was going to be actively doing hair and I wanted to be able mm -hmm. to apply my knowledge in that way. Yet, you know, being a black girl and I was, ask the people at Cal, I was walking around <laughs> with the fit, all right? I took a lot of African-American studies classes and mm -hmm. that again, just goes hand in hand with just my passion about just understanding all aspects of our hair because mm -hmm. being a black woman and experiencing being out in the world and how people respond to us and our hair. Um, I felt that it was important that I was knowledgeable and, and educated in the history mm -hmm. of us in this country so that when women came in, and I've had this experience, because at the time, a lot of women weren't wearing their hair natural. Us wearing our hair natural isn't new, but it wasn't like how it is now. Mm -hmm. And so I experienced early on a lot of women either struggling 
to make the transition because of fear of rejection, um, you know, discrimination. Now we have laws, discrimination in school or at work. And I wanted to be able to have conversations with them that would empower them and help them to understand how our hair plays a role in social constructs and in society. Mm -hmm. And then the PhD in psychology is just like, okay, but because I'm here to do your hair, if I can have a thoughtful conversation with you while doing your hair, I also want that extra knowledge to help you find solutions to what's actually going on in there. Really want to get more into the, the intimacy side of being at a hair salon, especially for black women. Like what is it like when you bring something up like that, because black hair is such, I don't want to say a fragile topic, but it can be a sensitive topic or a vulnerable topic for many people, myself included. How can we have thoughtful conversations about this aspect of our identity? Um, I think the first thing is just feeling safe in the salon space and in the salon environment. And I feel that that's happening more and more. So I just thank God that I've been able to create a safe space for the clients that I've been able to serve. And when you create that safe space, I always come from the place of reminding my clients of their beauty and really doing my best to um, reinforce their self-esteem and, and to, to bring up their confidence and using my gift to let them know you know, you are just a manifestation of this gift and just reminding them how beautiful they are. Because one thing about our hair, it is one of the key markers of identity. And when it comes to black people, it is one of the key signifiers that people know you black, aside from your skin color. <laughs> okay. So because there are dark skinned individuals in all ethnic groups. So it's not just skin color. It's that hair. You can see it, somebody with dark skin, but it's that hair got a curl or kink or even a slight wave, you're like, oh, they got some black in them. You know what I'm saying? So understanding that and understanding how it's such a unique characteristic, and this is just so important. I'm repeating myself on purpose because it's so, it's such a unique characteristic in the entire world. It's like the one distinguishing factor that like really makes us different that when I'm creating these spaces for my client, being able to use that as an empowerment piece. And again, the beautiful thing is, now we're in a space where we're having these conversations more. When mm -hmm. I was first having these conversations in the beginning, you know, it, again, it was difficult. And I have, you know, experienced a lot of clients shedding tears um, and trying to accept how they look in the mirror. And I like to say, you know, cause they were used to a straighter silhouette. Um, or because of the decision to straighten their hair wasn't coming from a place of empowerment. Because another thing I like to emphasize, I'm not against straight hair because our hair is so versatile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can wear it straight, we can wear it curly. It's the decision. Why are you choosing to wear your hair straight? And understanding that a lot of women were making the choice from a place of feeling like they had to or a place of insecurity. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I feel like now we're in, a, in an environment where we're having these conversations. Um, it's so important that we continue to protect these spaces mm -hmm. that we've created within our communities. Um, doing our hair is so much a part of our culture. Um, it's, it becomes a cultural exchange. 
Um, it's where we get the latest news. You know, it's where we, you know, we come together and most important knowing that they are economic centers too. Um, I was explaining to someone like in a recent uh, conversation or interview that, you know, there's a couple of things that black folks like we know we're going to reinvest and, cir and circle, uh, circulate that dollar. And one of the places with our hair. And so when we know that being able to use these spaces as safe spaces of exchange in all ways to preserve legacy, to preserve culture, and to build wealth. And I'm all about it. And uh, again, I take all my gifts and that's what, that's what I'm doing. I am in the act of doing it, which is why I'm building up my DK team. I'm sorry, I see more people popping in here. Hey, <laughs> I saw you, D. Oh, <laughs> S is in here somewhere too. Okay, but yeah. So, um, yeah, boring girl. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna keep on talking. So yeah, I gotta pause. See, I'm done, Jessica. More questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done, Jessica, and I'm I'm going a bit off the questions that were provided. So I need to kind of go back. Um, let's see. There's so many, this is where your, your topic, this isn't really a question, but if it, something comes out, please say it. But what your note just brought me to is like why I'm drawn to this work, right? I have a podcast called My Colorful Nana. We talk about black hair. I want to pursue this in my graduate studies. I want to study it in Senegal. Um, the thing with black hair is that there's so many sectors to it, right? You can talk about the policy of it, right? Like you mentioned how there are different laws installed to protect us, like our community, our family, your nieces and nephews, like laws, like this is not, you know, and just that very fact along there shouldn't, there shouldn't be laws, you know, so first the policy aspect, then the creative aspect where you can come together and we can come together on a creative platform to talk about black hair or a podcast series. Mm -hmm. Then there's the artistic point, like there's so many beautiful artists and all they paint is black hair and different silhouettes as you were mentioning and all these lovely different sectors. So. I, I could, or academically, right? Like yes. I could go on, but I just, I just wanted to really emphasize that for those who are listening, where this, this conversation of black hair is not only endless, but it takes up different sectors of our lives. And that, that, that needs to be, that needs to be said and truly sink in. Um, yes. Let me just make a comment about this law thing, because the Crown Act, which, you know, is now, thank God, it started here in California, creating mm -hmm. a respectful and open, uh, when creating a respectful and open workplace for natural yeah. hair. And it is to protect us from discrimination in the workplace and in schools. And I knew I've gone back and forth, having talked about this, having been a proponent for this, um, being on the state board here in California. Um, like, man, it like sucks in a way that we have to have this law. But then I've been thinking, it's so important because there's this issue that we've always talked about of our counterparts being fascinated with our hair to the point where they want to touch it. Mm -hmm. And we have issues with this, but the way that I like to articulate the problem with curiosity being wrapped up in, I want to touch it is they do not, they being counterparts who are fascinated, intrigued, see our hair as a part of our body. So you're essentially asking to touch my body. And they see it as something separate from us. So which is why they just feel so cavalier. Like, you know, that's like asking to touch any other part of my body, which is why we're always as black people like, no, no, you cannot touch my hair. So I think having a law really goes to show like 
there needs to be some level of respect. And again, it speaks to the history, but we weren't seen as people. We were seen as property. Think you can just come and touch us. So yes, it is something that's like, man, you know, we shouldn't have to have a law in 2020, now going to 2021, where we're still hoping that other states adopt this law where we can be protected against discrimination. But I think it also really um, highlights the fact that there's still much work to do. Mm -hmm. There's still much work to do because there are already discrimination laws in place. And part of this, the reason why the Crown Act had to come into effect, and I, this is really just me trying to educate the audience too, Lauren, is because Title Seven, which is under the Equal uh, Employment Equal Employment EEOC, y'all look it up. I can't think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> my brain is moving fast. Um, but Title Seven protections are already in place to protect people from discrimination. Yet a judge ruled that natural hair was not considered an immutable characteristic, which is why it wasn't protected. And for those who don't know what immutable characteristic, meaning they didn't feel like it was something that was a part of us that could not be changed. So mm -hmm. the Title VII protection says, if you go into a workplace and they have a dress code and they want your hair to be a particular way for Black people, of course you can change it. Take it out. They had like, like the concept of like, this is my hair and it can't be removed to fit into your uniform. Like it didn't even cross the law, the mind of law. They're like, no, you're not protected under Title VII. If you, yes, you're not protected. If they want to fire you, I mean, you, you should have removed your hair. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. So just understanding that we still have, we're not protected under certain laws. is just so important for us as black people to continue to educate ourselves. The work that you're doing with your PhD, I am so proud of you because we need thought leaders like yourself in these other spaces who can take these conversations and be able to take the history and to fuse it with, with what's happening now and really help us to maintain a sense of awareness and understanding how important these spaces are. It's not just hair, unfortunately. I mean, I wish it could be for us, but you know, history, it, they've already laid the foundation. So we have to be very diligent in remaining educated, having thought leaders like yourself, who can talk and create spaces and conversation where people understand. And then artists like myself who can reinforce it and say, yes, girl, you beautiful. Wear these braids, wear your locks. <laughs> and, you know, we just create, you know, our whole community and we, we protect ourselves. All right, mm. I'm gonna stop now. No, you guys. <laughs> no, um, okay, so where that brought me to now is I have another question. Um, I'm in a place where so much of the work I've done is focused around Hair, and I love this topic and I'm diving into it because again it affects all these different umbrellas of life but is there ever a point how can I phrase this like I really want to write an article right now I would love to write an article about finance and hair but I'm like how can I make this context broader how do you deal with when you were first starting your company now that's established and amazing and beautiful but when you were first dealing with it did you ever get any pushback to be like why are you always talking about hair so I feel like there's another dynamic within our community that's saying like just love your hair, like just do it. Like, why are you still talking about this? Why is this still something that's a sensitive topic? How did you deal with that pushback and those challenges of like, no, this is a topic that is valuable and it needs to be. Girl, I just shut it out. When I was first, 
pursuing establishing my business, I'm in Hollywood. You know, I la la land, land of make believe. Okay. <laughs> That's what I call it. I'm in LA, again, born and raised. So when I began to tell people that I had this vision, this idea to have an all natural hair salon, and there were other salons that catered to natural hair. Oh, my nappy hair was is was one. They're not in LA anymore, but um, they were like they were one salon, but they still like offered like heat styling services and things like that. So I come along. I'm like, I want an all natural hair salon, and mm. other stylists in the industry, and I know they meant well, but see, I was stepping out to do something that no one had ever really seen before. Mm. So the the pushback really i feel like just came from a place of it doesn't exist so they couldn't see it they couldn't see what i could see with my eyes closed mm -hmm. so they would say carrie you can't have an all natural hair salon in la you're gonna need somebody up in there weaving and pressing and relaxing hair and i'll be honest because it was so difficult to establish my business at the time and to find stylists who shared in the same values as me I considered it so much so that maybe after like three years of having my salon, and then I ended up like getting some stylists, thank God. So I had my salon, another space came open. My first salon location was like in a courtyard. And so another space came open in the courtyard and I rented that space because people would call wanting to get straight heat styling services. And that's not something that I did. It wasn't something that I was particularly passionate about, but again, I'm not against it. I am for healthy hair because I'm a trichologist. So I'm like, well, if there are women who want to wear their hair straight, um, but, you know, they want a professional who's going to care about the health of their hair, let me open up a salon for them. Mm -hmm. So I opened up another salon called Mahogany 2, T-O-O. And, and I bring this up <laughs> because it was a season in my life where I was definitely walking out the vision, but there was like a little bit of me that was like, just maybe. That salon um, didn't last, um, but it was a great lesson. And what it did do, though, is it reinforced how important it was for me not to get distracted by what other people mm. said or thought. That what I was doing was what I was supposed to be doing. And yeah, you know, maybe I could say there was a, a, a little bit of delay in time and uh, an expensive lesson <laughs> during that season. Um, but I would just encourage you and anyone listening in that when it comes to like economic peace are you following your dream are you doing something and getting pushback if someone is like why then it's not for them and sometimes it can be difficult because even my own father again i take it in love he was like why are you opening up a salon like if you would have told me this before you did it i would have told you not to do it and i and he was coming from the place of like no money <laughs> so you know, and I was young, I was like 22. My mother had just passed, maybe like seven months prior. We had just buried my mother. And, um, you know, we was just, me and my siblings, we was just out here. I was feeling like as the oldest child, like I gotta do something. And, you know, so a lot of people, when they were giving me feedback, I know it was coming from a place of concern and love, but limited thinking, hmm. limited thinking. So it's really that extra step of if you, you get feedback from people, one, be careful who you're sharing your visions and your dreams with. But if you share your vision and your dreams with people who you know, love and care about you, 
and they give you feedback that's not really in alignment or you feel is supportive of what you want to do, continue to frame it in love. But don't let it distract or discourage you. Just understand that they can only give you feedback based on their perspective, based on their experiences in life. And oftentimes when you're stepping out to take a risk to do something that hasn't been seen before or no one has, you know, ever witnessed, then really it's, again, in their mind, they're trying to protect you. They're trying to insulate you. So the challenge becomes you knowing that you truly can do all things and that everything that we see has been created by someone that you are going to be committed to the process. And that if you have been given an idea and a vision through the divine, then that means it's already been created in eternity. So since it's already been created in eternity, then you just have to go through the process. And just remember as human, as finite beings, not to be impatient. Because sometimes we'd be like, well, it's going to happen in five years. Now, remember, I've been doing this for 18 years, and no one knew who Dr. Carey was. I have been doing this for eight years before people knew who Dr. Carey was. I have been working with some celebrities for like three years before people knew I was working with celebrities because I'm an analog girl. So Instagram started, and I wasn't posting. And then, you know, people started telling <laughs> me, like, you need to get on this thing called Instagram and let people know who you're working with. But I was like a slow starter, but that wasn't my focus. My focus, my passion, my commitment has been and still is to serving. So it wasn't, you know, it's not a goal of mine to always just say what I'm doing. I want to serve. And I feel like with what you're pursuing and your passion and you understanding it's not just hair, but you taking that passion so that you can pour into others and empower others girl don't mind what them other folks are saying don't 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 mind them okay you just mind you and what god has given you and i'm just so proud of you i'm just so proud of you i just i think it's phenomenal that you're pursuing your phd not many people are trying to pursue phd so you keep going and keep talking about hair as much as you want thank you i'm I'm in a place, I'm gonna be honest, I'm in like a place, so I'll be that, I'm very emotional. So I really appreciate that to, you know, to, to have someone, to have someone who is pursuing this and is the top of their field. And it's not, like you said, it's taken years to get there. It really does mean a lot. So I appreciate oh, that. Yes, of course. Everything very is in mind order at all times. Whew. And I know everyone's flooding in comments, so we must be doing something right. So I really appreciate it. You know, people who know me, my other ministry is ministry. <laughs> I really appreciate everyone tuning in. And um, let's see, is there anything on the list that we that we can tie in? I feel like we, we, we dipped into cultural appropriation, advice. I've just gotten the best advice, so we don't need to go there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess more so, how are you feeling? How is it, how is it being a part of Breakthrough? Um, were you excited when they reached out to you? Are you excited to, to watch this campaign grow? Grow, can't speak, grow. Um, how are you feeling with all this IG Live and so on and so forth? I mean, I think it's great. When I first, when uh, Breakthrough first reached out to me about the opportunity, again, I always love an opportunity to share, um, to, I like to talk to tell stories, and especially knowing that you yourself being a storyteller, I love connecting, look, here I go being a grown-up in society, 
with young <laughs> folks. I love as young professionals. <laughs> I accept that. I love connecting with young people. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I think it's great. And I think it's so important that these spaces continue to be created. And so I'm just excited to be able to be on this platform, to be able to have this conversation with you, such a phenomenal young thinker. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, being able to talk about hair, because again, I like talking about hair. Um, I could do it all day. And now I'm declaring that I'm gonna continue to get paid to talk about hair. Yes. Because, I mean, and then let me let people know, this is a nonprofit, they are not paying. <laughs> and I don't want them to pay me. We, I am giving, you know, this is- Black generosity. History but, Month, everyone's coming in, it's okay. Right, yeah, I'm it's, talking about, it's okay. you know, we the other people. create new no. parts of my career. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand that. I understand that. Um, and I have to say, too, again, off script, all these things, Breakthrough is a really, really amazing organization. They gave me my first opportunity. Um, one of my best friends, Hale Patterson, is watching this right now. And when we were just building our website on like Wixie before we could even afford, you know, an actual browser or anything like that, it was like www.wixie.mycoff, whatever. Uh, Breakthrough was like, we want to give you a shot. So this is a wonderful um, organization. Please follow them at Breakthrough yes. TV. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start to conclude. Is that okay, Dr. Carey? Is there anything else yeah. that you would want to share? Or are we okay to to start? To conclude, to come down. Girl, you can start to conclude, and okay. um, I might need to go live and keep on talking. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, so again, um, thank you so much uh, for tuning into this episode of Breakthrough Spotlight. My name is Lauren Stockman Brown. Um, please tell us about your hair about how your hair is bringing you joy with the hashtag, hashtag this is black joy um, and tag at you break at, I cannot, we've been speaking way too long, Dr. Carey. And please tag at Breakthrough TV, those who post their hair story under this is black joy. Hashtag will have a chance to win Dr. Carey's comb out cream and daily spray bundle. You can also, there we go, lovely. You can also use the code Breakthrough, B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-U-1-5. We're gonna, we're gonna put this somewhere so everyone can yeah, really look like at it. Yeah, like somewhere. Like, I want to yeah. make sure everyone who's still with us and rocking with us hear this. Hey, Beba. And then everyone who is watching this on the replay, that you all do this. Share your hair story um, and, and tag and Black Joy and win some Dr. K products. Yes. All the things. Yes. Okay, and when you do all of that, you can get 15% off any bundle. We're yeah. gonna write all of this down for everyone because there are a lot of codes and websites. Um, but again, from now until February 28th at 11.59 PST, you can find this, uh, these products yes. for 15% right. off. 15% off Dr. <laughs> K products in celebration of breakthrough and all the wonderful work that they're doing and Black Joy through hair. Hey, what's up, Tanisha? <laughs> all my people up in here, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that you love the Dr. K product. Go ahead and order you some more, 50% off. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, be sure, again, to follow Breakthrough on Instagram, explore their link tree, and follow the Our Stories project at breakthrough.org slash rstories. Our stories. Also, make sure you check out my podcast, mycolorfulnana.com, and follow my Instagram at mycolorfulnana or just me at lsbco. Um, thank you so much again, Dr. Carey. This was so amazing. Welcome,
so amazing. And I need to watch it again. <laughs> you all make sure y'all follow Lauren. She is doing amazing <laughs> things. Yes, young no, seriously, people. follow me. No. Um, yeah, no, these yes. young people. Y'all follow her. And don't be trying to like be all, all on her job. Like, no, no. Years from now, she's Dr. Lauren, and y'all gonna be like, hey, you know? <laughs> Dr. Carrie knows. Okay, you guys have all been amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Gracie, thank you so much for having each of us. This was awesome. Um, wow, yeah, thank you. Dr. Thank Carrie. Thank you so much. You're lovely. This is awesome. And I'm going to make sure to get your contact information so we can stay in touch too. Yes, let's please do. All right. Bye, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Good night, everyone.